0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show are Chris and Mike out of Snap Fitness in Seabrook, Texas. Guys, what is going on today? How are you guys? Hey, what's up, brother? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing very, very well. I'm excited to dive into this. I love this sort of business model because there are so many ways that you can really provide value and really, really help a good deal of people. A lot of people are familiar with the Snap Fitness brand, but for those who aren't, why don't you guys kind of give us the the elevator pitch for what this is and what this business is about?
2: Cool man. I'm I'm gonna let Mike handle this. He's been here longer than me with the with the brand, so he probably knows a little bit a little bit more.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's a it's a
3: franchise system. Um, started back in 2003, and it's just been um, it's it's just worked for us. Uh, we we I've been involved since 2011 now, so it's about 10 10 11 years now. Brought Chris on board in 2000.
2: I don't even know, man. 20. 2015? yeah
3: 2015 yeah. yeah so um it's just a business model that worked for us we wanted to kind of find something that wasn't as big you know 20 uh snap fitness is a relatively smaller business chain and so we wanted to kind of get our feet wet with something smaller and then grow into what
1: we've had uh, recently yeah mm-hmm. and and so if we're to if we're to put a label on this snap fitness in essence is Sort of the meat and potatoes being open gym general membership people paying a monthly charge coming and doing their own workout but you guys layer on some other services on there and really take pride in those why don't you talk a little bit about what else is available for people who come and pay membership with you
2: yeah yeah absolutely man so we are a 24-hour private facility Um, so meaning our door stays locked at all times for the privacy of our members so once you become a member getting an access card as part of the membership and then there's different tiers of memberships um, that you can utilize. We're um, kind of going to go just straightforward and give people multi gym access. So you get multi gym access to all the Snap Fitnesses wherever you go. And then we layer on as well as, you know, there's a lot of people that need to be serviced with personal training or the you know, first time gym goers. And I don't want them to have that bad stigma about the gym, you know. So it's a, it's very important that you educate these people when they come in. Um, and then when they come in, you know, we put them with the trainer, but we offer training, uh, bootcamp classes, small group classes as well um, at the Seabrook location.
1: Yeah, and, and so kind of multiple layers and really meet people where they are in terms of what they're looking for and what's going to help them out the most. We have this general membership option. We've got group classes available and we've got PT beyond that. Let's start at the bottom and kind of wrap our heads around that how many people do we serve within this membership and and what do they typically pay to come and work with you guys?
2: Yeah, man. So we have a couple of different options. So we have single type memberships, we have joint memberships, and we have family memberships. Um, We decided early on that we didn't want to do a contract-based membership. I don't know if that's a smart thing to do or not, but it's worked for us. Um, Month to month, no contract, and we just asked for a 30-day notice upon cancellation. Um, So that's are you know, general rule of thumb, easy for everybody to learn, especially when onboarding members or onboarding staff. um And it's real easy to kind of get to it. A lot of people want to start just with a gym membership. They don't want to go over an hour rant of all your pricing and numbers. Right. And we just kind of straightforward with them. But month to month, we start off at $45 for a single membership.
1: Okay. So 45, was it always the 45 price or have things evolved over time to get you to that?
2: Um, yeah, obviously the cost of a lot of things has gone up, but when we moved into our current location from 3,200 square feet to 10,000 square feet, um, definitely we're able to provide more value. There's a lot more amenities. There's a lot more equipment. There's a lot more of everything. So, yeah, we were we didn't want to go too high where, you know, you're going to scare people off, but we went to where it made sense and we can
1: still make money off right. of it. And we're
3: yep. staying competitive with the market around us yeah well 40 i mean
1: 45 uh, makes sense for this sort of this sort of model i mean and i don't even like to compare it head to head with like big box la planet fitness Mm -hmm. it's more like the medium box category that's yeah a lot more local hometown if you will very much right what about those other services right group training is that do are people paying an additional amount to participate in the group training stuff or is Mm -hmm. that built into the membership tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about that
2: yeah, so with, uh, and this is, you know, at the Snap Seabrook location, um, we do charge additional for any other services as far as personal training goes and group classes, but still make it very affordable for everyone. Um, with the group classes, we start off at 10 bucks a class, free drop-in the first time. Um, but they, we usually sell them in packages. So a lot of places, like what we'll do is, you know, the first one's free, and then if you wanted to come up, you know, and do another drop-in, it's usually $15, $20. Bucks. But if you buy it up front, 10 classes would be 10 bucks.
1: Okay. And so a little bit of an upcharge, but it's still valuable service for people. And, and I'm Absolutely. sure draws quite a crowd. How many of those 1,200 people also participate in the, the group tra- training?
2: It's, um, it's kind of hard to say, man, because we do have them a couple multiple like times a day, in the afternoon and in the morning, um, and then on the weekends as well. So it's hard to say, man, but I'll say at least 50 plus that I've seen personally. And okay. We're
3: actually we're actually in the midst of building a uh, group class room in the facility. So I see. And we're gonna start really put a little bit more focus on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
3: And then adding it to the membership and all that kind of stuff, making it
1: options for the actual
3: month-to-month membership. So. Gotcha. Uh, and yeah, then
1: uh, by the summer. Mm-hmm. And then for you guys, PT is is really the focus here. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Talk to us a little bit about that. What do people? How do you? How do you do this? Is it sold in packages or is it like a monthly recurring charge?
2: Yeah, well it's good to know i mean it's good for i guess the listeners to know that we both come from personal training background. Right. that's how yeah. we first got started and I, I feel like the majority of gym owners nowadays come from that you know right and so that was a, a big thing for us we, we've always been good at it we've always prided ourselves on being good trainers and being able to sell a lot of training but um i mean i'll let i'll let mike Started yeah, off, cuz so, he made the program for us. Right. right. I, uh, <laughs> I come
3: from a big gym, box, big box gym background. I worked at you know LA back in the day, 24 hour fitness back in the day. So they actually have really good
2: um, like strategies. Yeah,
3: strategies. Right, right. Uh, on how to sell training and all that, uh, training courses to get you up and going. Um, so I kind of took everything I learned from these big box gyms and just my common knowledge and kind of created my own dumbed down version. Like it's just more just to the how point how can we get this mean? out to just, as many people just, as possible?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah it's can... more to
3: the point, you know what I mean? We shouldn't be talking for an hour uh before I work out. Let's just get a little five, 10 minute conversation really just to kind of get to know the person and um, take it through you know, through the evaluation, through the workout, and then we'll come back and talk prices. So build the value behind the price first. Um but yeah, when I first got started, we were we uh, we were given these Different packages, um, they were really high. They're like, you know, you buy ten sessions for a thousand dollars, and buy twenty sessions for you know two thousand dollars, buy three, thirty sessions for X amount of money, and that really wasn't working too well. So I changed the method up into instead of instead of your client seeing this giant number, um, just dumbed it down to a per session rate. So now they see something that's much more affordable on the piece of paper. Now they're actually listening to you because Right. Writing things down, and you write a thousand dollars down, they they pretty much stop listening
2: to you. <laughs> like, just, yeah, I can't and afford that. The next
3: was two thousand, they're, they're automatically thinking, Well, I can't afford this, so I'm not even gonna pay attention to the rest of what he's saying.
2: Yeah, so, just how can I get out of here? Right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's so, more what they're saying. <laughs> so
3: I've I, I brought it down to a per session rate, and that's what we do. That's kind of a little strategy we use for a lot of things in here. It's just, you know, when somebody asks, Hey, how much does a family cost or family membership cost? I'm like, Oh, it's 30 bucks per person. Because it does get a little bit cheaper as you add people on. Yep. You know, 30 bucks sounds a lot better than, you know, $99, right? It's just that little strategy like the gas stations use.
1: Yeah. So So a um, a little bit of psychology and. Yeah, psychology, exactly. Making sure that, that people are still bought into what we're doing. When it's eventually, when the transaction happened, are they still buying packages or is it just individuals swiping a card every time?
3: They're buying packages. So we try to sell everything month to month, just like the membership, just like your car note and everything else. So it's a per month package. You know, if you train once a week, twice a week, three times a week, we're we're selling four, eight and 12 session packages. Yeah. Once a week would be a four session package, twice, eight and
1: three times 12. Yeah. Once you're done with those uh, packages, then it's up to you whether you want to continue or not. Got it. And and so for everybody listening, Chris, Mike, and I were talking before starting this interview, and, and this location is leading Snap Fitness in terms of PT sales. PT is going pretty well for you guys. Let me ask you, are we still trying to grow that sort of program? Can we fit more people into it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, man. There's always going to be members that aren't serviced or don't know they want personal training until they get in front of a trainer and understand that you know they probably need it. Um, whether it's educational wise or just learning how to use new things, or they have a specific goal they want to reach that didn't work for them in the past. Um, And that's kind of what we do with the trainers. I mean, it's a bit, I always recommend everybody, you know, we do month to month, which that kind of relieves the pressure for them. That's not a big time commitment, but after hearing and understanding their goals, I always, depending on what it is, I always recommend a minimum of 12 weeks or it being three months you know, yep. and a lot of people, some people do that, you know, do that commitment and they'll pay for the three months or for two months up front or whatever it is. But, you know, we got your regular, you know, everyday person, just like us. I mean, we, we all have bills. We all have other things that we have to worry about. Of so, I mean, we really try to understand and work with them if we can.
1: Yep. And so these are sold in sessions. We know we could still fit some people in there. Mike, to your point earlier, we don't want to just sit somebody down for an hour and go through everything but how are you guys getting people to that sort of a conversation in the first part a lot of people in this sort of model if it doesn't happen at the point of membership sign up it's a struggle to get them back yeah. in at a later point how are you guys going about that to get people that's in that's, yeah, interested exactly. in pt later on it's, it's
3: part of the membership sales so whenever um, you sit down you buy your membership if we have a trainer available, we'll have them come sit down and talk to that person.
2: Schedule um, something immediately.
3: Right. Yeah. Schedule immediately. If we don't Yeah, have because if they
1: if they don't get it there, it's really hard to get them back oh, at yeah. a later
2: point, mm-hmm. right?
3: Yeah. Get them while they're motivated, while they're not uh, while they're there. You can build that rapport with them immediately with mm-hmm. the trainer.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing too. We're not doing that all as far as like we're not doing all the training all the time. We do training as well, but we have trainers. And so that's a big thing, just having, making sure that your employees understand what your, what the structure is, what your values are for the facility, and they, their values have to line up with your own. And um, it's, I mean, what's crazy is too, a lot of our, you know, Southern Region Snap Fitness say, well, where do y'all find all your trainers? And they're actually all been members. We got them from some of the best
1: people to hire from.
2: Exactly, they've already they're already representing our gym. They're already prideful for the gym. They're going to hold it down for the gym, and I mean they know the values. They know what's expected, and they already know all of our members. So it's a lot easier that way to to get memberships.
1: Yep, and so we we know we want to get more people in PT. We know we want to get more people in your group classes. What about that membership overall? Talk to us a little bit about the marketing that gets people in your doors in the first place? How are you guys generating leads from the jump?
2: Yeah, a lot. I mean, it's great that we have the the uh, franchise tool because they do help us funnel people down into our prospect engager from different avenues, whether it's our social media stream, whether it's um, them going onto our website. And I mean, we do that multiple times a day, hitting up hitting up these people, whether it's text messages, phone calls, um, and try not to wait too long. We try to get them at least, you know, at most an hour uh, after they've already put in for the, the prospect engager. And so that's a big one. Um, we're constantly checking that. Another thing is, I mean, building relationships with local businesses. And I mean, we've been in the gym industry for I would say half of our lives now. So we've built big relationships with local gym owners in different areas. Yep. Um, and, you know, a lot of people just recommend us now. So like yep. there's where towards where, you know, hey, they went to go try out our buddy's gym, and they're like, hey, I don't live in this area, I live in that area, oh, well, you should try out Snap Fitness Seabrook, man, it's an awesome gym, so we we do get that a lot, but it being a small town, um, word of mouth is huge, involvement with the community is huge as well,
1: yeah. and yep.
2: that's, I mean, that's really what we, we put our time and efforts towards.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, within fitness, referral based word of mouth based leads are fantastic right it doesn't mm-hmm. cost us much of anything if mm-hmm. at all they're typically great fits for the culture and for the community because they already know what it's about the sales process is probably pretty easy because they already know what they're getting into absolutely the downside is what you talked about right we don't have a ton of control we may get 20 30 40 referrals one month we may get 0 the next mm-hmm. month there's a lot of seasonality to it and so you guys also have the snap headquarters able to filter down some leads for you people who have expressed interest with that do you guys have the ability to turn it up and invest more money at times if you need more leads or turn it down if you guys are doing pretty well do you guys have control or is this sort of constant throughout the year
2: I would say it's pretty constant. I mean, we haven't been offered where it was like, "Hey, y'all can turn it up or not," or but there's. I mean, it's been pretty. It's always consistent, you know. That, well, that's what I think. If it starts becoming an issue, it would be something that we can reach out to, um, headquarters to, and they make it very easy to to get a hold of somebody. So it's it's good because we have a Southern Regional Director, and I mean, they work one on one with us if we have any questions. But um, we honestly haven't had any problem getting referrals for the
3: most part yeah. and one one reason i really like the brand japanese brands because they they allow us to
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh pretty much do what we want to do to make our gym better you know everything's a little different your your area your marketing area is a little different than you know say the other side of texas or you know in another country another state uh so they really just let you do what you want you know when we built out this new gym this new facility, we designed it ourselves mm-hmm. for the most part you know they they kind of pick the colors that you want and stuff like that a lot of a lot of
1: franchises available aren't that li- they don't oh, let yeah, you. Man. They kind of handcuff you in terms of what yeah. you're allowed to do. And so you guys, in addition to all of that, could go out some, or theoretically and and generate more leads if need be. Yes,
3: yes. They give us a lot of marketing tools, which is awesome. We go mm-hmm. on on our uh, you know on our fitness software, we can order marketing tools if we need, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, uh, they provide us with T-shirts if we want. You can buy those, order those, sell those in the gym. Um, yeah, just a whole bunch of stuff. And they reimburse us now, which is pretty cool. So um, Plenty of
1: plenty of resources available. To yeah, we out a lot. In terms of taking a step back, right? In, in looking at marketing and sales as a funnel, lead generation way up at the top our sales process and how many people convert in the middle and then down at the bottom is retention and how many people stay. Of those three things, where do you guys think that you could move the needle the most in terms of growing your facility?
2: I would say maybe conversion, Um, like the people that, because our retention is pretty solid. Yeah, our retention is pretty solid. Um, I would say just the the people that come in that, you know, want to just take a look at the facility, they work out. You know, and sometimes some people slip through the cracks because we have a lot of people coming through. So I would say it's reaching out to them again and trying to convert them into members. But a lot of the time, I would say the majority of the time is just the culture that does the selling as well. We're not pushy salesmen. You know, the gym sells itself and right. the culture of the facility sells itself. I'm I, it's very clear to people that I'm not a car salesman. I, I want you to want to Who be Who handles
1: here. the sales yeah. for you? Is it you guys? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. So us and then our our front desk people, you know, the people sure. that work the front for us. Yeah,
1: yeah. Front desk operators to
2: help mm-hmm. out for sure.
1: Um,
3: but yeah, I mean, it all kind of falls back on management make sure that, like Chris was saying earlier, that the front desk operators are, you know, doing what they're supposed to, do, following up with leads. When we're not, you know, we can't do it all, so mm-hmm. we got to make sure. Only so many hours in the day. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. So it, a lot of it falls back on that, but uh retention is great it's just a matter of getting them in the door that's when you start you know throwing promos out there and stuff like that whatever it takes to to get somebody in the door once they're in the door i think we got a pretty solid chance
1: yeah people uh, people usually know either yes this is definitely for me or no it's definitely not for me and Mm -hmm. so for you guys looking forward right we talked about having this general membership we talked about group we talked about pt where do you guys see your focus being on making the biggest impact for the business how can we really grow this thing moving forward through 2022 where are you guys going to focus
3: i think social media yeah. is going to be our main focus you know it keeps growing and it's changing and it's, we got to adapt you know you got what first it was facebook now you got i don't know how many platforms you have out there now but <laughs> yeah it's, it's, snapchat it's, yeah each and yeah, you know each platform kind of caters to its own separate demographic of person I and mean, but we are trying to we're trying to cater to everybody. We want you know the 18 year olds to work out in the same place as the 80 year olds.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: yeah. um yeah, so I think social media is gonna be our main focus and Chris is kind of our, our head guy for that. So
2: I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> He's getting <good. Yeah. laughs>
3: really I think you're really good at it. Thanks,
2: man. Yeah, we we do here th- we do things here and there and then also be able to constantly you know add value to the facility itself you know we've been to facilities where nothing changes for seven years you know and we're constantly adding value to the facility we were just there we've been in that facility now the 18 or the 10,000 square feet for eight months now going on nine months next month and so since then we've already you know we've taken what people say and they just also letting them understand we can't just flip the switch and get it fixed immediately right so just some things here and there, and we listen to our members, see what they want to hear, or see what they want, or hear what they want to see, and um, we're able to adjust. So we've been there eight months, and we've already done some modifications to the facility, and hopefully we'll have some more here in April.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so a couple of things in the works, big plans coming down uh, Yeah. pipeline. Taking over, it, I mean, it all roots back to what we said, right? At the yeah. end of the day, this is a business. Money in versus money out is the ultimate scoreboard. And we want to make sure that there's more coming in than going out, right? Right, right. Love it. Guys, I mean, we could we could talk about this for hours. You and I could certainly explore all kinds of different aspects of the business. But at least for today, we're running a bit shy on time. Where can people find out a little bit more? What is the social media that you guys are trying to grow?
2: Yeah, so we're on Instagram. That's probably our biggest media. Um, we do Facebook as well, but it's Seabrook, Snap Fitness Seabrook TX. So that's our Instagram handle. Um, and then you can just look up Snap Fitness Seabrook on uh, Facebook as well.
1: Simple mm-hmm. enough. Guys, this has yeah. been a bunch of fun. I, I really appreciate getting the chance to to kind of pick through people's mindsets and see what it is that they're focused on to help grow their business. I really appreciate your time and, and I look forward to seeing what the future of this business holds for the two of you. Thank you, man. Thank for
2: having uh, us. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you for thinking us for sure.
1: Absolutely. And so to everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
4: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Melanie from BeFit505 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. What's up, Melanie? How are you today? I'm doing
5: great. It's good to be here, and I'm excited to talk a little bit about what we're doing. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Alrighty, let's jump right into the details
4: here. What is it that made you want to own your own facility?
5: Back in 2014, I started a youth wellness nonprofit called Running 505, and it's geared toward after-school programs. And we had the vision of mission of not only spreading through other schools, but also starting to develop a more community at large model to support adults, those who maybe don't have direct access to gyms in that type of environment. And one day back then was to open up a gym facility. And in the fall of last year, fall of 2020, the the gym that we were working out at as my family, um, the owner decided, I think I'm done. And I'm, I think I'm going to sell everything. And it came to this aha moment where it's kind of as though I was thinking, is this the opportunity? Do we take this? Um, we have someone selling a gym willing to, to work with us. And this was the long-term, one of the long-term goals for running 505 is to have a collaborative gym with the nonprofit.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And so we thought, okay, let's let's do this even though it's a difficult time right now uh, i feel as though there was something being dangled in front of me and and it was an opportunity that i couldn't pass up right yeah absolutely so you opened
4: in march correct
5: right we negotiated the transfer of business equipment basically is what it was we purchased the entire right. uh started up the pro- process for starting an llc locating you know, a place for us to be uh, with opening our doors in March. So it pretty much started in December and we worked frantically to get going in March. And it was an interesting process because in, in the Albuquerque area, there are many commercial buildings available, but most mm-hmm. are not from New Mexico, most owners. And when I would reach out to you know the owners of the establishments many more weren't interested in kind of doing a collaboration with us you know I would present my mission and my vision and because just like running 505 I was trying to do this as a grassroots also process Mm -hmm. business and many people were just kind of sitting on their buildings and didn't want to budge with rent even though you know some locations have been empty for five years and they just the owners would just say no we're we're good, we're just gonna sit on it. It's okay if it's been vacant. Uh, And so it was a process, first of all, to find a commercial owner to be able to work with us. So finally we found one and he's been great. You know, he says, I, great, I love your mission. I wanna be able to support it. Here's the space that I have. It was in an area that doesn't have a gym in the vicinity too far. I think the closest one is three miles from us. And from there, we just looked at, okay, let's look at the community. Let's look at the area. We're right next to the Air Force Base that's here. So we felt like that would be an opportunity also. Mm -hmm. And we thought, okay, let's, let's get this thing going and kind of pushed it, you know, pulled on friends and family and community to help move things and get things established at the new location.
4: Wow. Okay. So definitely an interesting time to start something new, for sure. Um, with the the rent and finding the new space and um, acquiring an actual facility, that's something that I've actually heard a lot from a lot of gym owners, either who were opening a, a facility or looking for a large space or moving or, you know, whatever it might be, they were having trouble. And this is all over the country finding a space because a lot of the landlords just didn't want to rent. They didn't want to rent to gym owners specifically because obviously over the last year and a half or so things are pretty crazy and over 30% of gyms closed. So I think that they have that in their minds and, gym owners have had a really hard time finding new space. So that's something that I've heard quite often lately.
5: That's good to know that I'm in good company. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and I think because we're, we are not only new, but we're new to the area. And I think other gym owners can get it that if there's an established gym with members, it's really hard for them to leave, especially if it's mm-hmm. a local small gym which is similar to what we have. Um, You know, we're building up a brand new community is what it is uh, within our gym. And I hear lots of times, you know, oh, it's right by my house, but I already go to. Yes. And so that's also a big component of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, finding that space is huge and it's it's just the right amount i think for us it's about two thousand square feet Mm -hmm. being able to start something small and then build from it um my background is not in business it's in education and it's okay i've kind of starting to come to terms that it's okay that we're starting slow because it's also helping me learn things that i had no clue about you know on the business Yeah you know, no idea. Absolutely. And so have starting to work with different community um, business organizations to help me with that side. It's you know, it's similar to self-learning an MBA program is what yeah. I <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It is. It's true and you know,
4: a lot of those things kind of You don't think about because you've never done it before. So how would you know? And, you know, you just kind of have to learn as you go. So starting smaller and working your way up is definitely a good route to take because a lot of times people jump in with both feet, you know, and kind of get in over their head and then It's kind of too late at that point, you know, so being able to start on the smaller side and just work your way up is definitely a good way to go about it, because there are so many lessons that you learn along the way. So if you can make smaller mistakes that cost less money, (laughs) then, you know, I think you're you're on the right track anyway, because everyone makes mistakes, especially in the beginning. So um, now as far as your business model goes, you have an interesting business model. So how does the structure work? Uh, How do you structure things with the nonprofit, with the gym, how does that work?
5: Okay, so when we first started, right, it was because of running 505. Mm
4: -hmm.
5: And I knew I wanted it to be a collaboration with the two entities. Part of it is okay, we have this nonprofit, we support youth, it's free for them, we generate funds based on grants, donations, fundraising. With the gym, it is an LLC. The goal, in its right intent, um, as we're building memberships and having more revenue come in, is to donate part of the money that we get into the nonprofit. And on top of that, a few years ago, because uh, I worked in the school, I've been in the school district for a long time, Um, now I'm at the university, but um, I was in wellness and part of that was bringing physical activity to the adults in the school district. So I started um, and created a CrossFit affiliation. And so it's a non-commercial CrossFit affiliation, meaning, you know, it's basically for school students a lot of times the non-commercial affiliations have um, military components it's a lot of programming activities and events that focus on free no cost participation let's get things out and moving with the bfit 505 um it's the name in itself is a a a culmination of Albuquerque, which if you're local, we call it Burke. It's kind of the, the the nickname for Albuquerque. So B Fit, you're right, fitness, CrossFit with our Burke Fit affiliate, and then running 505. So B Fit 505 is let's put everything under one umbrella. And so with B Fit 505, we also wanted to make sure that we were bridging out community. And there's one component where we invite, you know, similar to other, I think, smaller gyms is if you're a trainer and you want a space to train in, cool, let's do that. But you have to understand our mission of accessibility, maybe a community that's not always um, able to access the bigger gyms, whether it be time, financial, whatever it may be maybe people who are more marginalized. So you want to be able to have that as well as knowing that part of our funding is going to go to the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, one of our first uh, collaborators, uh, she has always had this idea and this philosophy that there are not many um, women-only, led-by-women barbell lifting clubs. Mm -hmm. And that was her mission, right? So I thought that's perfect. You know, let's bring it in. So in that case with bfit 505, we have other programs and trainers that come in and use our space with that same mission. So that's exciting. And then when we have the non-commercial CrossFit affiliate, we have a few target areas. Um, Myself being in education, I offer... Seminars, whether it be wellness-based with physical activity or social-emotional for educators across the Albuquerque area. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is a veteran. We have lots of military and veteran um, opportunities. He does a ruck once a month. We host different events that are no cost and for kids. So I have kids' classes that are free also. And then with looking at the Running 505 component, And the gym, besides the memberships, you know, feeding into the nonprofit funding, we also encourage our not only our kids to come to the free classes who are part of running 505, but we have an extremely reduced cost point for family members to also attend. We're really looking at how do we have these programs that start spreading more and into reaching additional people.
4: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So lots of different components to the business. There are different people that you're serving within the same business under the same roof, essentially. Now within the CrossFit affiliate side is general population, something that you're serving as well Yep. And is that you're marketing to general population as well for CrossFit, um, classes i'm guessing are you doing one-on-ones as well there
5: potentially right exactly yeah it is it is it's almost like um we are a regular gym that Mm -hmm. has accessibility options for everybody
4: right okay yeah absolutely Um, so and then basically the the crossfit affiliate the general population the group classes the one-on-ones that you're doing there almost help to feed the nonprofit side as well, so that's kind of the goal is to build up that membership and generate enough to be able to donate to the nonprofit
5: side. Yeah, and pay the bill. Well, essentially, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's always good too. We like that. <laughs> okay, that's a good part. Exactly. Yeah, that's Wait. the that's the big picture. With you know, we have the umbrella and then different components coming under it. Okay, so.
4: As far as growing that membership within the facility, how are you getting new attention? Are you doing any type of marketing, paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, things of that nature? What is that looking like for you?
5: Initially, and this actually just recently changed, um, but from the beginning, utilizing social media, absolutely. Mm When we started off, we had a great partner who helped build the website, helped us get set up on Google searches, getting all those things set in place so that we could market that way, number one. Um, getting the word out, being able to understand who do we tag, how do we tag, so that more is reached. Also having the paid advertising on social media gets you mm-hmm. know additional information. Uh, we also made it a point because we have that affiliate, uh, component where we have no cost activities. We were able to also start saying, Hey, you know, in May, we have the Murphy challenge. Let's host it for New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Again, we get the word out, but we're kind of becoming the official location for Murphy foundation. <clears throat> just, uh, last weekend. We did a collaboration with Team RWB, red, white, and blue, to do the um, Water for Warriors for New Mexico. So awesome. you know, we're okay. trying to also do different activities where, hey, we're doing these things. Similar is the first day of every month, we do a fun run, bring people in, bring your families, all ages type of events. That's one way that we're doing some marketing. Other ones are being present in different, maybe events like races that happen in the city. Um, mm-hmm. While we are the largest city in New Mexico, it's very much called the little big city. It's literally one degree of separation. Uh, it's very interesting community and that we have here. Being out there, it's really important. Um, I've taken handouts, flyers, flags, you know, the the whole marketing mm-hmm. package to to, races to different events that are happening around the city and then reaching out to schools because I have the school component to be able to have a collaboration with schools in the gym. right um, We have community partners. and I feel like that's a way to let the parents know that we have things going on and of course, being close to the air Force based uh, getting on there. it's it's interesting because they, You know, they have their own rules and components to what's going Mm on on base, on military bases. And in the beginning, when we first opened, they were still pretty much required to stay on base if you're living on base, you know, with uh, COVID Mm -hmm. and everything. So that's been a more complicated area. We haven't done anything outside of that type of marketing as far as, you know, advertisements in magazines or newspapers or anything like that. Mm But I'm trying to, because we have the collaboration with Running 505, is if I do any marketing on that side, I include the gym now. And it's kind of nice to be able to bridge those two things together.
4: Right. Yeah, definitely to... Kind of if you're doing marketing for one you might as well market the other at the same time <laughs> you know it makes sense um so lots of different kind of ways right now that you're expanding your reach essentially yeah with um, that
5: type of marketing and i i think i'm really trying to move now with you know still doing that component of it but acknowledging that we need to have something that our current members are really enjoying besides the class package, you know, that's it. Um, right. but really integrating more with let's, let's talk holistically. You mm-hmm. know, I already do emotional resilience type of things with educators. Um, I have a couple of counselors who are, and, um, social workers who are members really being able to work with them also and saying, Hey, let's do some type of seminars here with everybody, you know, on the emotional mm-hmm. side, um, collaborating with a community nutritionist and having nutrition forums so that our members are saying, wow, it's not just I'm going in for an hour class and that's it, but let's really look at what are your goals, meeting with you, seeing how that's gonna work in the future and, and checking in with people. I think if if I can develop something that, you know, our current members are saying, wow, they're actually doing more for me. They actually care for me here. I'm going to start spreading the word. That's the best. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, word of mouth is always fantastic because a lot of times people come in and they're ready. They're ready to go. You know, they're ready to sign up. They're ready to make the commitment and they're ready to jump right in. And it takes a lot off of you. You know, you don't have to go out and hunt them. You don't have to sell them on anything like they're already sold most of the time. So that's definitely helpful. Um, now as far as so it seems like you've got a lot of things kind of in the works right now Mm
5: -hmm.
4: six months to a year or so what specifically are you focused on within the business um is is the number one thing the growth of the kind of general membership to be able to support the other aspects of the business um and then are there any kind of systems that you're putting into place to reach that goal what is that looking like
5: yeah you hit it (laughs) right on target that's (laughs) that's the long-term goal uh You know we want to have that continuous revenue coming in so i don't have to wonder you know what's going to happen next month am i going to have to tap into another area to be able to cover our rent uh you know maybe our landlord's gonna say hey it's been a year and i've been very generous helping you but i gotta increase my rent who knows? i'm afraid of that
4: right
5: yeah Uh, one day it would be i mean i have this this piece of land nearby that I just keep eyeing every time I drive by it. And I think if we could just, if, it, if we could just be the ones that mm-hmm. own that section, that would be great. And that's, so that's number one, that's one target is perhaps moving into our own space. So we don't have to worry about the landlord side. Um, but again, going back and navigating that whole process, something that right. I to meet with and, and understand uh, yes. Absolutely. because you know you have to figure out who owns that piece of property, and look, looking at it, um, it's the the board of education here, which I think in my mind, I think, what are the connections? How can I have them see the benefit of a partnership? Maybe having a collaborative gym with the school district, right, for health mm-hmm. and wellness. Right. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, growth and generation of generating those funds of people who are continuously coming through memberships, as well as pro- providing additional programming models. So it's not just memberships that's generating revenue. It's, mm-hmm. hey, I we're a bunch of us are gonna do a, a half marathon in March. Let's here's a here's a program, a running program that you can purchase. Hey, right. we have this nutrition component. Here's a program you can purchase. But what's important, I think, is having people see how everything's connected. Mm-hmm. And so, Providing systems um, where that's evident that there's those connections to the different things that we're offering and they're not seeing it as an additional component to their membership.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh that provides other streams of revenue for the business. So that's huge as far as growth goes. And also the level of service for your clients. So getting them better results, helping them achieve more goals. So it works both ways very well. Um, Now, let's see, there was something else that I wanted to touch on there. Don't remember quite what it was, um, but you know, moving so moving forward, it's definitely one,
5: getting the word out, right? That's, what's that? Getting the word out. That's you know one of the biggest getting things. the word out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
4: Um, now, one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing within your business right now today what would that be and why is there anything like internally or or something that you've really learned recently that you know you think that other listeners might be able to benefit from
5: yeah so one thing if I could go back in time because we were in, you know, excitement mode. We have all these, this cool equipment. Let's get started. I found a place. So, oh my gosh, they're going to start sending, charging me rent. So we need to get things going. Um, I feel as though I'm playing catch up a little bit on a truly well-written and executed business and financial plan. Yes. So before anything gets started. Mm-hmm. Before you get excited and you find a place and you already are opening your doors, really getting set on, on that component, you know, having that plan yeah. in place. Because um, I'm just now saying, okay, let me go back to what we originally talked about because I don't even know if we're following it. Yeah, it kind of. We're we've been in survival. I feel like I'm in survival. I'm playing catch up. And if I had. Mm-hmm organized and really made sure and maybe had somebody to support me along the way with developing that and making sure I was on task with it, I think we'd be in a different place. Yes. Yeah. I think that
4: that's something that gets overlooked very often, especially Mm -hmm. within gyms, within the, the fitness industry, because, you know, like you said, it that's exactly what happens. It's like you get this new space, you have all this new equipment and you're like, all right, let's just go for it. You know, let's get the doors open, and you kind of just think that like people are just gonna flood in the doors, and everything's gonna be great. And yeah, you don't really think so much about the business side of things, you know, and the numbers, and how you're gonna cover the overhead, and all all these different kind of aspects that end up coming up. Um, you just don't really think about them, and then you get into it and doing it on a daily basis, and then it's like, oh. know, and it kind of hits you afterwards. So yeah, definitely uh, a good piece of advice there. Have a solid plan in place. And obviously sometimes you have to adjust and adapt and whatnot, but, you know, having that baseline anyway that you're going to follow along the way is Mm -hmm. super helpful.
5: Yeah. And, you know, knowing that number one, it's okay that you're learning something. If, if you're someone new like myself into this realm, um, I think especially starting a gym right we love to teach we love to coach this is exciting this is the fun part you know I can do that Mm -hmm. with my eyes closed right right Um, it's the part that you're not sure about and part of that also involves a good mentor you know someone to be okay with saying hey what works what didn't and like I said there's been I don't know. It's interesting. Like I, we're, we're in the biggest city, but it is a small town and it's that feeling of who can I trust that's in this industry that isn't mm-hmm. going to feel like we're competing. Cause we're not, I mean, I obviously right. have a totally different model than a lot of our what regular gyms or CrossFit gyms are in the area mm-hmm. and finding that person who's been doing it a while, who similar, you know, but not the same ideas to help me through that. That road a little bit of what works what doesn't what are Mm -hmm. things I should know hey there's this thing called you have to turn in quarterly statements to the state you should know this and I'm going what do you know what you're talking about you know (laughs) know, it's the little things like that that um it's interesting you know setting setting things up with the state and the federal and those are things that we have this great vision there's so much more that's behind it and and finding a good mentor uh, that's in mm-hmm. the same area. I wouldn't even say, I mean, it's great to have a financial coach, a business coach, but to actually have someone in the industry that is in the same area, so understands the community uh, is mm-hmm. also really important.
4: Yes, yes, absolutely. And being open to that. And like you said, a lot of times you almost think of it as competition, but it's, not you know there are so many people out there that need health and fitness help and then also you know everybody kind of has their own little target market you know and offer something a little bit different even you have two crossfit boxes right next to each other they're going to be different you know just because of the person that owns it you know the way that they run things the community inside it's different you know there it's every gym is different so not being afraid to connect with people even like you say in the area um and especially somebody that's a few steps ahead of you just to learn some of the things along the way and maybe avoid making some mistakes and save yourself some money um because a lot of times those mistakes cost money so uh you know getting ahead of that and being able to learn from other people who have been there before you is definitely something that's extremely valuable
5: well, it's been nice. I'm going to add um that recently um CrossFit has had what they were calling round tables and bringing in different CrossFit affiliate owners and having those conversations, you know. It's been great, mm-hmm. you know, what works, what doesn't. Here's some ideas, here's what I'm doing. Also to be able to voice your frustrations. And mm-hmm. one thing that I appreciate which helpful harmful I don't know I guess you can look at it either way is that no one's from here (laughs) you know and I can just I can be happy I can be frustrated I can complain and it doesn't come back and someone can be at another gym and say hey you know what I heard Melanie say about her gym that she's right yeah yes you know and Mm -hmm. it's funny because they say oh do this at your low location have a monthly gathering of local gyms so you guys can talk to each other and I just keep thinking to myself I don't know there's a lot yeah. of over your shoulders you know people yes. thinking, oh, are you stealing my clients yes. it's like mm-hmm. no not just trying to build our economy together
4: right yeah absolutely that can be a a, a fine line to walk I think
5: yeah especially, and, you know. and it's important still to have those conversations you know I mm-hmm. think if we as gym owners who understand, yes, the business and the economic growth in connection to, you know, some of us who have um, corporate wellness programs with different businesses, right? We tell them Mm -hmm. if your clients are, if your employees are healthy, you have better production, people are working, you're Mm -hmm. able to boost your economy. And so we as business owners, if we come in as a gym, affiliation all of us right as the powerhouse mm-hmm. to be able to stand together whether it be state level city level to be able to to boost our own uh revenue that way i mean how great would that be you know but you have to, right. be able to have that community who is willing to come together to do that yes yes 100
4: percent. yeah i mean that would be great too and I, I think right now fitness and health and wellness is on a lot of people's minds, you know, and people have really realized over the last year and a half, two years or so that fitness is important. You know, staying healthy is important. Having some type of exercise in your daily routine is important physically and mentally. So I think that that's something that's um, on a lot of people's minds right now. And I think that we're going to see a surge in fitness and and health and you know whether it be at the start of the new year that's always a busy time anyway i don't know if it's going to be a little bit more this year or when things start to calm down even more from covid or when it's going to be but i feel like it's you know it's really on the on the edge of, of being there. I mean, Peloton's not seeing great results right now.
5: Um, so
4: (laughs) it sounds like people are ready to get back into the
5: gym. So, yeah. And that's, that's another way to build business. You know, um, for me, Mm I, you know, we're near the base, which means there's also tons of corporate buildings. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're talking about goals also in the next six months, another goal of mine is to be able to reach out and say, hey, this is an opportunity for you guys. You know, more people are going back to work in your spaces Mm -hmm. and you're probably going to see that they're not the healthiest. Right. It's going to be difficult. So, hey, how can I work with you to develop a. goal program, fitness program, Mm -hmm. break program, so that you're incorporating that wellness into your work environment, which will in turn help us, again, generate revenue, get the word out, build community, because even though we're tapping in just for a brief period of time with these different organizations, then they'll say, oh, wait, maybe I want a little bit more, and you're nearby, so I can just stop by after work, Mm -hmm. go by before work, because a lot of them have, you know, showering facilities, so... Mm -hmm. that's also an important component
4: yes absolutely expanding that reach to help more people in different areas as well so that's awesome well as we start to wrap up here where can the listeners find you on social media
5: social media facebook instagram bfit 505 and it's letter b uh fit 505 that's where we were found there. Of course, you can find the other Running 505 also, which will link you back. And then also we start in grassroots. It's great. We have a great Google website. So all they have to do is either search BFit 505 or Burka CrossFit and that comes up also.
4: righty. awesome. So Melanie from BFit 505 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome having you on the show. Thanks so much. Of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, owner of Elevation Pro Gym in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Tara, how are you doing today?
7: I'm good. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing great. Excited to dive in. So let's get into it. Tell us what Elevation Pro Gym is all about.
7: Well, it is mainly bodybuilding and powerlifting, but it's also whoever has goals um, to be stronger, uh, get healthier, all that kind of stuff. I just, I welcome anybody that wants to come in and work out.
6: Awesome. So give us a little bit of background. You've been open for seven-ish years. Uh, Where did the idea come from? What were you doing prior to being an owner in the fitness industry? How did this all come together?
7: Well, I used to have like real crap jobs, like factory stuff or whatever. So I, I, I came from Wisconsin. So um, I felt like I never really fit in there. And so I was always really, um, I want to eat healthy. I always worked out. Um, I didn't always have a gym membership, but I always found things to do to keep myself healthy. So um, so then we uh, I had met my husband and we We liked Colorado. um we had a couple friends out here, and we would come and visit them once in a while. and we just we really liked it out here, and there's a lot more like-minded people. Um, so we had ended up finding a gym and it was already a gym in process. Um, wasn't exactly our type of gym, but we didn't care. We just you know we just wanted to wanted to just you know jump in. so um so we took that gym over existing gym. Um, and like I said before, there was it was kind of like, I don't know CrossFit, but then other people just kind of working out um, in there. And then when we came, we're more powerlifting oriented and bodybuilding oriented, so we drew that crowd of people. So slowly over time, more bodybuilders and powerlifters, you know, would come in and inquiring about you know competing in, in either one. So we just kind of have gotten a really cool. Uh, gym family basically over the years and it's it's a lot of fun we just we know we know everyone it's like you know you spend so much time with them you know every single day of the week and you know their personal lives and so it's just it's just really cool to have all of these new gym friends
6: yeah that that sounds like it's been a, a wild ride but you ended up I think exactly where you're supposed to be you found your niche found your calling and and here you are, you know, still doing it. So the gym, um, besides being elevation, has really had an evolution. When you took it over, um, it had some different things going on, and while you still are welcoming to the general po- uh, public and anybody who wants help, um, you've you've built a powerlifting team. You have uh, bodybuilders in the gym. Uh, I think the website has a proudly, you know, home of the 200-pound dumbbells, and I don't know those weigh more or less when you're, you know, 5,000 feet or so up in elevation. <laughs> but how did that come to be? Was it personal interests, hobby, just the type of people that were coming into the gym? How did it, how did that become one of the primary focuses of the gym?
7: Well, because like not a lot of gyms at all have dumbbells that go up to 200 pounds. And even if they can't actually be you know, pressed or whatever people have rowed them a few times it's a little bit easier to row something that is impressive above your above your chest but um it's it's a cool kind of focal point because people know they're here really whether they get a lot of use or not and i've had a lot of people actually come in and be like oh i saw this is the home of the 200 pound dumbbells and because a lot of a lot of gyms they just don't go up that that high so it's it's a cool thing <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely.
6: So, as far as what what you offer in the facility itself, um, you were previously in another location, moved into this one. So you had some experience. You knew what you liked, what you didn't like, what you wanted in a layout. So when you moved into this facility, were there were there specific design elements, specific things that you changed to turn this even closer? Um, to whatever your dream or ideal gym setup was going to be? And if so, what did those things look like?
7: Well, I think it kind of just ended up being better because it's, it's its own building. So we have access to the parking lot and then there's a street out front and it's just kind of a little turnaround so that there's not through traffic. So we literally like use the street and we'll do lunges. We have big, massive tires that we flip um so we we kind of incorporate more of i don't know just like the grittiness and stuff that you don't get at a lot of other gyms um because you i don't know just a lot of other gyms they don't do tire flipping and they don't do a lot of like dirty outdoor workouts that you know that are really hard and we have a sled that we pull up and down the street and we just kind of are able to incorporate like in indoors and outdoor stuff with with all of the workouts so it makes it, it just makes it different
6: yeah, so it's it's a little more serious, a, a little more edgy, a yeah. little, little more hardcore, not yeah. to the point of excluding people, but right. if somebody wants a little bit more grit, you're the place to come and, and get your workout on.
7: Yeah, and I think it's kind of funny because we'll be mainly not so much in the parking lot, um, but we'll be like on the street and we'll be doing lunges or pulling a sled or flipping a tire or whatever, and we're directly across from a bread store. So there's all these big trucks with like these huge, you know, pictures of bread on the side of them and everybody's out there, you know, like working so hard right next to the bread store. It's just, it's just kind of funny that it's in the background of like all the videos. And, but like people will, they'll be driving by and they'll, we'll catch their attention, whether they, whether they come in and get a membership or not, you know that us outside working out so hard, at least a part of their brain is like, gosh, you know, I should, I should do something like that, or I should go for walks more often, or, you know, whether it's big or little, I should get up and move more often. You know, I know, I know that we get in our head about it.
6: Yeah, for sure. Now on the same end of the type of people that you, you do attract, there's, there's a few different things there, but Colorado Springs is a a military area. There's a pretty good infiltration there. Um, And that sometimes can take with it certain types of personalities. How much of that plays into your membership base? Um, Do you you get, you know, are you primarily military, heavily, did not too many come in there? I feel like it would be gravitational in that kind of coexistence for for certain people anyway.
7: Yeah, and like the, some of the bases, I don't know if all of them, but some of the bases have their own gyms, but Mm -hmm. I have a ton of military members that come in here. Um, and yeah, from, from all the different bases and they, they like, they like the feel of it in here. And it's like one guy will come in or or one woman or whatever, and they'll be like, oh yeah, I was working out on the base, but you know, I need, I need a little bit more motivation or I like this atmosphere. Like a lot of people will say that they really like the atmosphere. So even though they have other places that are free for them to go work out, they choose to come in here and just, I don't know, just lift and be Just be around a bunch of other people that kind of have the same lifting mentality. Maybe not the same goals, but the same lifting mentality. So I have have a ton of military people who are super, super supportive of all the military.
6: Yeah. I think there's a lot of psychology that goes into that, whether it's, you know, whether you're military or in any other, any other profession, um, sometimes you just want to get away from your coworkers. You want to be just you, you you don't want to bring work with you, you know, that the gym for most people is the, the opposite of work. It's where they get all their work, stress out, life stress. So and just get to be sort of like a normal person who just, instead of, oh, we both work out, we're both military and we happen to work out together. It's the opposite. Like, oh, we both have an interest in being in this type of gym. And you could be, a, you could work at the bread store. You could be a nurse. You could be a factory worker, or you could, you could be my boss. But in here, we're just people who want to lift some weights.
7: Right, yeah, everybody's kind of on the on the same level playing field, so to speak, in here, yeah, whether what whatever your background is, you could have a million dollars or you could have barely any any money at all. And you still find plenty to have in common and stuff to talk about during your workout. Maybe you spot each other. you know none of that outside stuff matters in here.
6: Yeah, for sure. When it comes to the lifting and some of the stuff that that happens there, Um, you do something that's a little bit different than, than what I've heard in other gyms. Uh, I think it's, we said two or three days a week, you have some specific, you know, groups uh, who do powerlifting type exercises, or there's some sort of programming or camaraderie there. Can you go into that a little bit?
7: Yeah. So we have a powerlifting team. I think there's, there's about 10 of us. Okay. And we, we'll get together on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And the three main lifts are squat, bench, and deadlift. So Mondays, we concentrate on squats. So we'll do squats or leg accessory work, anything to build our, our squat, and make it more. Um, and that's basically what we do on Wednesdays and Fridays, too. Wednesdays are deadlifts. So we'll we'll deadlift pretty much every single Wednesday. Sometimes we'll just do some accessory work to make our deadlift more. Um, and then Friday is chest day and, and yeah, it's just, it's fun to get together as a team. And there's a lot of people that don't, don't like to work out by themselves. And it's not like they're not motivated or whatever, but when you have, you know, a whole team of people like standing around you and, you know, yelling at you and pushing you and, you know, come on one more, you know, just all that stuff, you, you lift more weight and it just, it's a, it's a really fun atmosphere to be in. It's a lot of energy.
1: Yeah.
6: And, and we we'd be remiss if we didn't give a little props. The team is is coached and managed to a degree by your husband slash business partner.
7: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's called White Light Powerlifting. So yeah, and we we go um, we used to go to Tennessee um, before uh, all the weirdness with everything. Um, we would go there and uh, we compete in the IPA, um, it's International Powerlifting Association, and we we like to do those because that's where you can actually set world records because otherwise it's, I mean, it's fine if you just want to mess around and, you know, kind of compete locally or whatever, but it's, it's fun to, if you're, if you're going to work hard and, you know, try to get heavy lifts and stuff, it's just, why not have world records with it?
6: (laughs) Yeah. What the heck? It's funny because it's, you know, it's, it's called, uh, you know, white light. And all that makes me think of is like, when you're doing a max lift and sometimes you you might see the white light <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right before you might be about to pass out. Yeah, right.
7: And then everything goes dark and you faint. <laughs> no, yeah. the, the white light, because um when you're at a power lifting meet, there's three light bulbs on a stand. And mm-hmm. if the lift is good, then they're all lit up. But if you if you don't get the lift, then there's then there's a red one in there, and then you know that you didn't get it. So if it's if it's all white lights, then the lift is good and you got it.
6: Yeah, absolutely. A little less dramatic than the, the white light before you black out, but right. <laughs> nonetheless, one you want to see, one you probably probably don't want to see. But
7: All right, exactly.
6: One's better than the other. For sure. So as your, your business stands right now, you train clients in the gym and you have a couple of independent trainers that, that come in and they have their own clients there. And it, it sounds like You're pretty hands-off as far as managing that goes. Um, How did you come to that arrangement? Some people love employee trainers. Some people have contractors, but still are really involved in what they do, how they do it, who they do it with. So, How many iterations did it take you to get to where you are now, and and what makes that work best for you?
7: Well, it kind of goes back to the whole gym family thing. Um, because even, even the trainers that I have here, I don't, I don't have time, nor do I want to babysit grown adults. So it's like, you have whatever people you want to train, charge them, whatever you want to charge them. Um, there, there has to be a percentage, uh, given to the gym, obviously, cause it's not all free. Um, and then their, uh, their clients have to have a membership. That's, that's a, that's a given, um. But yeah, other than that, it's like, I, I trust them fully. And they've, they've been with me basically since the beginning also. So they're not just personal trainers here. They're, they're friends of mine that I've known for years. So I know that they would never, you know, they would never do anything, you know, funky or weird or anything like that. And and I don't want to be like, oh, give me your books and let me see who you trained and what, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't need to be doing that. I'm, I'm busy. so. <laughs>
6: Yeah. Yeah. You, you wear most, if not all of the hats in the gym and, and that's, that comes with its own sets of of pros and cons. You know, the biggest pro is probably, you know, that this is, this is your baby and you know, everything that's going on all the time. Cons are, I'm sure it can be stressful. It can be, it can be time consuming. There's, you know, there's a lot of things that go with it, but how would you say, like, what things do you do to try to manage manage your time, manage stress levels and, and keep things at something. I mean, you're, you're doing this seven plus years now, you know, you've gone through a pandemic and, and you're still here sitting in front of me and, you know, smile on your face when you talk about the gym. So what type of things have you done to, to keep it fun, to keep it interesting, keep the passion lit?
7: I think just because like, I, I have four kids also, and I just kind of incorporate everything together. And like, I'll, my kids come to the gym all the time. Um, a couple of them are doing powerlifting and stuff. So they're going to do meets my, my oldest daughter, she's been doing meets pretty much as long as I have. Um, and my son is getting into it. Uh, my other daughter is starting to kind of get into it a little bit. Um, and then, and then I have a super young daughter, she's six. So, but I mean, they, they all like to come in and work out, just kind of do their, you know, do their own thing. Um, and we homeschool them, so they they have more of a um, I don't know, just just more time to be in here. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, hey, you know, go go vacuum that room, or you know, kind of delegate a little bit, or go grab me that thing, or put some weights away, and you know, stuff like that. But I I have a hard time separating like gym and home because I feel like I'm in both places pretty much the same amount of time during the day, and it's like my kids are at home, but then they're also at the gym. And so it just it kind of never ends and it kind of intertwines all with itself. Um, but I don't know, just just having all the gym family here too, um, it, it helps me when I when I have to be here because, and even when I when I can't be here, you know, I'm home sleeping or something like that. Um, the, like they're always looking out for the gym even if I'm not here. And you know, someone like someone texted me um, at three o'clock this morning. I my phone was down so it didn't wake me up, but. They're like, the power's out at the gym. <laughs> and I mean, people could still get in or whatever, but just stuff like that. Like they, they, everybody, even when I'm not here, there's eyes and ears to let me know kind of what's going on. And yeah, it just, it, it, it's all, it's all together in one big bundle. It doesn't really separate for me.
6: <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. So have an idea of the mission, the family, the you know, the overall vibe of the gym. So I want to hit a couple of operational things, uh, before, before we run out of time, which is always too quickly here, but, um, in general, uh, right now, um, because these things change on such a regular basis, um, what do you find is the most common way or most effective way that you get people, new people into the gym interested in seeing
1: what you're all about?
7: Um, I would say it's a combination of, um, like, cause I have a Facebook page for the gym that I put videos and stuff on and I have an Instagram page that I put videos on, uh, for the gym. And then a ton of it is like, it's just word of mouth. Like someone will come in, they'll get a membership. Um, then maybe, you know, a month later or something, this other guy will come in or he'll shoot me a text or something and be like, Hey, my friend, so-and-so told me about your gym. Um, You know, can I, can I come in and join and, you know, whatever I get, I get a lot of, a lot of people that way. Um, and that's, that's pretty much about it. And at first it kind of sounds weird to be like a business owner and not want like a million, you know, gym members or whatever. Um, but it's like, I don't, I don't ever want it to get too crowded. And I, but my biggest thing is I don't ever want to lose the atmosphere. Because in a weird way, everybody knows everybody in here because it's like you two are coworkers or you two are best friends, you know, this is your buddy, that's your, you know, whatever. Um, so I don't even have to like, I, I don't even have a sign up actually. I, I kind of have this have this um, I don't know, just weird thing, I guess, where it's like, if you can find the gym, then you can come and be a member at the gym.
6: <laughs> so, sounds pretty fair to me. So yeah. Once, once people do find you and do end up in front of you, how in-depth of an introduction or consultation process do you have people go through before they become a a member?
7: It's not really that much of a process at all. Um, Some people just want to sign up the second they walk in the door. Um, Other people will want, you know, just a little bit of a tour to kind of see, you know, what equipment I have and, and, you know, what, what I have for, you know, maybe squats or bench or whatever, certain people are looking for certain machines. And uh, so usually, yeah, usually they just kind of walk in the door and then it's like, okay, you sign, sign the membership form. I make them their key fob. And then that's it. They're, they're just kind of on their way. Either they leave or they start working out immediately. It's really easy.
6: So a real, a, a low friction process there for sure. Yeah. So- once people are in, like you have, you know, you have personal trainers there, you have clients that you train yourself. Are you, are you engaging with people who are just working out on their own to try to see if they, if they need help, want help? Are you doing anything to try to at least point out to people that some, not everybody needs or wants personal training, but are there any things that you're doing to put that in front of people who might be intimidated or might not otherwise ask or find it on their own?
7: Um, kind of what I do is I just, I just walk around and be my normal self. Um, I don't ever want anyone to feel like I'm pressuring them into training or, you know, you're doing something wrong or, you know, anything like that. Um, if, if I see someone, um, doing like, for instance, any of the powerlifting moves, like if I see someone deadlifting, I'll go over and just mention, hey, if you ever wanted a deadlift with us, you know, we do it on Wednesday evenings at like 3.30 or four o'clock. It's free. You can just jump in anytime you want, you know, stuff like that. But I don't, I don't ever want anyone to feel pressured, like they have to have a personal trainer. And, you know, so that's, that's just kind of, kind of how I do. If I see someone already doing, you know, some of the moves or whatever that we do. Um, but typically people will just come up and say, Hey, I heard that, you know, you coach people for bodybuilding or yeah, I heard someone talking about deadlifting. And so typically people will just come up and ask.
6: Got it. Got it. Okay. So you've been there for, for seven years. It sounds like you have a a really good thing rolling the family, your, your actual family, your gym family. Um, a lot of things sound like they're, you know, firing on all cylinders. Are there any other things that you want to do with the gym, programs you want to add, think changes that you want to make, or for you is this kind of, it's set up the way that you want it and it's just a matter of continuing it, you know, sort of status quo for, for as long as you can keep enjoying it?
7: Well, I would like to make um, just like a couple, I guess, small changes. Um, I don't ever want to change the change the dynamic I guess of the gym I like I like how it is and that's what that's what other people like about it too so I want to keep that you know good or whatever wouldn't want to get all fancy or anything but um I would like to have I would like to buy the building that I'm in right now because I just rented so that was one thing that I would love to do is buy the building um, and then I would like to, um, take a little bit more advantage of outside because I have extra equipment and move some things outside. So if it's a really nice day, which we have a lot of really nice days, um, not right now, but pretty have some more nice days. Um, and then, uh, just so people can have a little bit of an outdoor workout area, kind of get some sun while you're benching or whatever. So that, that part would be really cool.
6: Got it. Got it. Okay. So Um, As we start to wind down here, it's a little more philosophical than, you know, tactical gym stuff. But as a business owner in general, as somebody, you know, that's been in this world as as a, you know, uh, an enthusiast yourself and then a business owner for the past seven years or so. Have there been any standout moments, any big lessons you've learned, anything you wish you could go back and tell your younger self that, you know, might've made things more enjoyable or, or might've, you know, accelerated your process as a business owner, anything like that really stand out for you?
7: Um, I guess just the biggest thing is I would have told myself that it's going to be way harder than what you think it's going to be, but just keep on pushing. Even, even if you think you can't do it or it's not going to work out or something's going to be hard or whatever, just keep on doing it anyway because you will get to where you want to go.
6: Awesome. Words to live by, right? It's going to be harder than you think it's going to be, but just keep going anyway. Yeah. Yep. The the alternative is defeat and that's not fun. Right. No, can't have that. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So last thing before I let you go here today, um, you have, you have social media, you have a website. If people are listening out there and they want to find you, what are all those things? What are the places they can find you find Elevation. You literally go
7: to Facebook or Instagram and just put in Elevation Pro Gym. And then I'll be there on either either one of those of those uh, platforms.
6: Awesome. So elevationprogym.com, elevationpro gym on Instagram. And then uh, I believe Elevation Fitness Colorado will all get them to you, correct?
7: Yes. Yep.
6: Perfect any parting words anything you want to share with our audience anything else you want to get out there to the world before we let you go today tara
7: well i would just like to tell anyone that would like to do something you know fitness wise or whatever just get up and do it because there's never going to be the exact right perfect time just get up and make it happen
6: awesome love it do it now just just do it you know not to steal from nike but for real that's that's the best advice All right, well, I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure having you here. I thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us and I look forward to checking in on you, seeing how things go with Elevation in the future.
7: Yes, that sounds awesome. Thanks for having me.
6: You are very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, thanks for spending some time with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop to everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing
0: lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com.